Hey everyone, it's Austin Solomon, and welcome to this week's episode of The Real. Backed by popular demand, I had to get Justin Bates back in the studio, and it was really the only way that I could ask a question without paying a thousand dollars an hour. <laughs> Justin, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, uh, every time you quote me, it goes up. So I mean, you're, I'm going to have to make you my business manager. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're just joking around, by the way. Uh, Justin charges much more reasonable rates, uh, fifteen hundred an hour. No, but anyway, so um, Justin, this week's episode of the show, I just wanted to talk a little bit about like taking title. Um, this is super interesting. I'm going to just tell, talk a little bit about what on the real estate agent side of things it looks like. And then you can kind of explain more like what cautions and stuff people have to take when they decide to take title. Right. So, um, a lot of times title companies will ask us like, Hey, how do the buyer and seller want to take title? And then we will ask the buyer and seller, how do you want to take title? But we can't give any advice. Like, right. right? That's the last thing I want to do is tell people, advise someone how to take title. Mm -hmm. So we just give it to the buyers. Hey, how do you want to take title? Like, obviously if it's, if it's marital, if someone's married, like typically it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward, but right. if it's not, if they're not, maybe it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, or it's, mm -hmm. you know, obviously if it's two people that aren't even related, um, you know, if people are going in on a deal, it can get a little complicated. Uh, it, it can, uh, your, your average situation is of course, a residential property being purchased either by an individual person, yep. uh, which is easy enough, uh, or, a, a couple who's married and, you know, married couples, 90 some percent of the time are going to want to take property, uh, as survivorship marital property. And what that means is, is that, you know, if they own the property, when one passes away, uh, the other party uh, automatically at the moment of that passing uh, takes 100% of the title to the property. So in Wisconsin, we have uh, our marital property laws uh, are such that each spouse has an undivided one-half interest in all marital property. Mm. So uh, that that sounds a little funky, but what it really means is it's not half is half is mine and half is yours. It's, it's all ours and we each have a half interest in it. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's the concept. Uh, but survivorship marital property, uh, basically just says when one of us goes, the other has the property without anything else really needing to happen in the background other than maybe cleaning up title. Uh, but that, that's the gist of it. That's the easy one. Uh, when you're talking about, uh, say, a boyfriend and girlfriend, that that opens up a whole different can of worms. Uh, but if we're, we'll, we'll put that one aside for a brief second. If we're talking about two people that are, are buying a property together uh, for investment purposes, say, yep. and it's just uh, you know A and B uh, who are completely unrelated, and they each are putting half of the the, the down payment down, and they're each going to cover half of the expenses in the event that they can't make that money through whatever commercial enterprise they're engaging in. Um, in that situation, you can either take property as tenants in common or as joint tenants with a right of survivorship. Um, joint tenancy with a right of survivorship is the same thing as mar marital survivorship property. If one person passes away, the other person uh, automatically absorbs their ownership interest in the property. Um, the default, though, is tenants in common. Uh, which is uh, if you don't put anything on when you're drafting the deed, that's why the title company is asking you that because the title company is going to put together the deed. They're going to put together the title insurance commitment that's going to list the titling of the property. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that they're insuring over. So uh, they're putting uh, – if it's tenants in common, that means if uh, if A dies instead of B getting A's interest in the property, A's estate or spouse or children or however A has their affairs set up would inherit that interest in the property. 
So that, that's a big difference, and that's why title insurance companies care very much about how that looks uh, on the deed and on the commitment because if the parties wanted it to be a tenancy in common because they wanted that half of that investment property, say, because not everybody uses an LLC or a corporation. Some people do it individually. Uh, that's a different issue. Uh, but if, if they wanted their family to inherit that instead of saying, hey, look, if I, you know, it obviously should go to my business partner. Uh, if, that's your, if that's your mindset and you don't title it as such, uh, when you die, it's too late. And now it's a title claim as opposed to uh, an inheritance. Uh, and so that that's that's the main difference between titling between uh, married people and non-married people and then the tenants in common versus the joint. Uh, the boyfriend girlfriend situation oh, <laughs> I, I can't I can't tell you the amount of times I've had to have that conversation right uh, and it's uh, it's a hard one because yep. um, you know the, for whatever reason in their personal lives, they decided to buy a house together uh, in in that way uh, yep. which is great uh, but they don't have that marital property protection that the law allows. So they they really are, as far as the law is concerned, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend doesn't have a legal designation. Sure. Uh, you know, those are just uh, two different people. I think he was trying to play me off there. <laughs> <laughs> so those are just those are just two, two, two complete strangers purchasing a house together as far as the law is concerned. So if there is a breakup uh, and they have it titled both in, the, in, in both of their names, um, and that would be tenants in common. That would be that would be tenants in common, and or they could title it as uh, joint tenants with right of survivorship if they so chose. Yep. Um, maybe a little less common in the boyfriend girlfriend scenario. Sure. Uh, but if if that's what it is, an unmarried couple uh, is going to have an issue with okay, well, how did we take the how did we get the loan? You know, and maybe it was maybe it was an inherited property that gives it, uh, it rise to its own issues. But you know, maybe they had cash and they purchased it together. Uh, you know, how do you unwind, especially if the parties aren't getting along? Yep. And uh, oftentimes, if if it can't get worked out, I mean, if cooler heads prevail, fantastic. But yep. if they don't, uh, then you're going to do uh, what's called a partition action. Uh, which is a lawsuit that you file uh, to say, hey, I want to sell the house and get my money out of it, uh, or I want the other, you know, the, the boyfriend or the girlfriend to buy me out, and they won't, and they also won't move out, and their name's on the title, so I can't make them move out, and so, and I put a lot of money into the property, uh, so uh, that's where you get the courts involved, and the courts can basically force a sale, sure, uh, and it's obviously the last resort. Uh, in that situation. But that's why if anybody ever comes to me and says that this is what they want to do, uh, I say it's, uh, you know, you, I understand why you want to do it, but you kind of do it at your own peril uh, right. as much as it might not work out for the person. You know, in that situation, one person could buy it and the other person could pay rent, for example. Correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, or just contribute to other household expenses. Uh, but at the end of the day, if it's a long-term relationship that goes south, you're not going to have any ownership interest in that property. And then it's a different lawsuit. So uh, it's um, buying property together with somebody that you do not have marital property rights along with is uh, it can get dicey. Right. For sure. And yeah, it can get complicated because, you know, you know, he paid for the down payment. I covered closing costs. He did all this work to the property. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it can get pretty complicated pretty it, quick. It, it sure, it sure can. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but I guess relationships are complicated, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so why should why should real estate be any different yeah, right? when you're when you're involving relationships? Uh, but yeah, it's you know a, a bit of good advice is if that's something that you're looking at doing, and you I mean you know you can't qualify together for a loan the same way a husband and wife can in that scenario. Uh, but if you can make it work and you can purchase it. Uh, and that part's behind you, um, or you're leading up to that part and you already have the financing uh, locked down, 
you know, I would suggest uh, talking to an attorney to say, hey, how do we protect ourselves? We don't anticipate anything going south, but we know that, you know, things happen. So, uh, you know, how do we protect ourselves here? And there's a couple of different ways of looking at it. Uh, you know, I mean, and, and I mean, you could have an agreement set up where you do an accounting of expenses and things of that nature. Uh, you could have some commingled accounts where you each put in a certain amount and you know that that, but geez, you know, the average person isn't going to do that. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mean, you could also, you know, you could also put together an LLC and you could each be members and you could buy the property as a, uh, you know, as a company. Uh, there's no there's no law that says that you can't just put together an LLC and go live in the property. Yep. Uh, you have to account for it pro- appropriately on your taxes. Uh, but otherwise, you can do that. And then sometimes it might make it a little bit easier to you know, figure out how you're going to dispose of half of your ownership interest versus the house. Yeah. Uh, because that's a paper transaction versus a real – nobody shows up with moving trucks when you're going to shuffle some paper, right? So uh, that's – you know, that that's another option. But yeah, yeah, titling is an interesting thing and it can have some very, very uh long term implications for uh for a buyer if it's not done correctly. Right. Um speaking of LLC, let's say that because this comes up often, like when would be a good time to put a property into an LLC? I mean, me and you kind of know like when it's an investment property, there's obviously right. some perks. Yes. But let's speak a little bit on that, like uh, when would it be a good time to put a property in an LLC? So, yeah, the number one reason is, is if it's for commercial purposes. Uh, there are tax benefits to doing that versus if you just own it individually and rent it out. Uh, so anybody that ever comes in to me and says, hey, I've got a rental property, the first question I ask is, how is it titled? And usually I get you know the, the, sideways, the sideways headcock, oh, I don't remember, and be like, oh, so in your name is probably the answer. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I say, you know, the first thing you want to consider doing is transferring it to an LLC. You don't have to wait till you sell it or buy it to do something like that. You can do it while you own it today. Yep. And uh, there are tax benefits to that. There are also um, liability benefits to that. Uh, you know, my advice to people that own multiple buildings is, you know, it's not a bad idea to have multiple LLCs. Sure. Because if you... If you have equity, I mean, if you own one of those properties free and clear and you get sued for personal injury, you get sued for, you know, for premises liability, you get sued for a breach of contract, you've got a contractor dispute, just because you think you're in the right doesn't mean you won't lose a lawsuit. It sure, happens. Sure. Uh, every, both parties think they're right when a lawsuit starts. One of them's wrong. So uh, it's, uh, it's a coin flip proposition sometimes when it comes to something that's sort of down the line, unless yeah. it's a frivolous type suit, right? So uh, in that situation... Uh, if that's all of your liability exposure is that one property or that you can protect other properties uh, and the equity you have in those properties, you can protect your own personal assets. Um, so that's, th- those are the general benefits. I mean, you can have, you can insure a property all you want, uh, but you have to trust your insurance broker yep. that he, he or she got you the right insurance for you for the type of property. And there's a lot of phenomenal insurance brokers out there. And there's some that are just trying to compete and, you know, maybe quote you a cheap rate and you want a cheap rate and you take it. And it turns out you may be, you may be underinsured. Right. So, you know, if that happens, you know, depending on the type of claim, you know, you could be, you know, you could be on the hook for some liability and you could be putting your other assets at risk. So if someone has a rental property that's titled in their name and let's say they own, you know, 10 properties. And for the sake of simplicity, we'll say they don't have any mortgages on any of them mm-hmm. and they're all titled in their name. 
then, you know, potentially, I mean, obviously the biggest claim is probably if someone gets, you know, dies or gets injured on a property, right? That, that would be, I mean, unless you wind up having a dispute with a, you know, a party you entered into a contract with, uh, if you have, right. I mean, if, if there's some, some sort of catastrophic event that occurs on one of your properties and remember in that situation, you've got tenants, they're living their own lives. They're, they're not really interested in what the landlord's risks are, right? right. So, I mean, they're, they're going to do what they're going to do. They're regular people doing regular things. So yep. uh, with that comes risk, uh, especially the more people you have, the more units you have. So uh, when you get that call, yeah, hey, the, the, uh, the porch collapsed and it, and it fell on somebody, yep. uh, you know, for example, uh, or, hey, there was a fire uh, and, you know, you better hope that you did everything right as the landlord. Uh, and everything's up to code and, you know, and, and all of that. And a sure. lot of times those things are easy to have kind of slide under the radar. Yep. And, you know, depend, I mean, remember, anybody can file a lawsuit alleging anything. Yep. And just because you have insurance doesn't mean insurance covers all claims. For sure. Uh, there are certain claims that can be raised that insurance will say, oh, we don't cover that. Yep. So if you wind up finding yourself, and granted, yeah, that's an, uh, it's not an everyday situation that that happens, but it does happen. Yep. And if that happens and you find yourself without coverage, uh, your, you know, your other, your other assets are at risk and your own personal financial. I mean, your, the, the money in your bank account in your name uh, is at risk, right? Your wages are at risk. Yep. Uh, so if the LLC owns the property yep. uh, and you hand, and, you, and there's certain formalities you need to, to follow, yep. uh, you know, you're, you're giving yourself some additional protection over and above liability insurance. Right. Yeah. Cause then if, I, and I've heard some investors will do an LLC for each property, mm-hmm. and oh, it's yeah. 125 bucks to set up. And I know the state, like if you have five or more, they they cut you a discount. I think it's uh, yeah, it's they're they're not uh, expensive, and I mean yeah, there's fees involved. Yep. Uh, but for the protection you get, I, I'd say it's it's a it's a nominal fee. And uh, yeah, I mean, there are people, if you have 10 different properties, you could easily have 10 different LLCs, and you could have the member of each of those LLCs be a different company sure uh and and structure it in, a, in an umbrella style uh way and usually people in that situation especially if they own that many properties free and, free and clear uh you know they've, they've got a pretty decent uh financial situation sure you know they may have you know at you know some of these properties they may want to hold in a trust sure uh, they're doing some level of estate planning or just structuring things for you know concerns over general liability so yep. uh there's there's ways where you can make this very uh, complicated and provide yourself several layers of protection. But that's, I mean, the average person buying, you know, just a, a house. Yeah. Um, you know, a mari- there's really no benefit to doing that uh, out, unless you assume you're going to live there for a short period of time and then are going to move and then rent that house while you go live somewhere else. Sure. Um, that, w- that would be, or I mean, you're buying a vacation home where you want to spend two months of the year there and you want to try to. Airbnb uh, it out. Right. Even though that's going away now. <laughs> I shouldn't say that on the show, but oh man, you're gonna oh, get phone man. calls. No, there we go. Well, <laughs> hey, with everything going on, though, I mean, well, it's just I shouldn't say that. Like realistically, right? With everything going on, like I'm sure people are, you know, kind of slowing. The Airbnb is kind of slowing down a little bit, right? I would, ex- I would expect it is. Uh, but at the same time, if you have that wanderlust and you want to get out somewhere, yep, you know. Hotels are, you know, yeah, all doing true. kind of their own thing, and some it's of them true. are open, some of them aren't, some of them are limiting the way they can be used, and yep. uh, so you know, it may make sense if you know to to rent somebody's house for, for a vacation. It's a good point. It, yeah, it's all maybe it's a, Airbnb all, will like bust out of this. It, it, it really, I mean, <laughs> it could be. You I could see it going point. either way. Yeah, it's yeah, a good point. It's a good point. Uh, we got a little off topic, but that's always fun. So okay, sweet. Well, taking title and talking a little bit about LLCs. 
and how to add layers of protection on the investment investing side. And, and um, yeah, if you guys have questions about how to take title, if you're buying a property, you know, great things to consult with Justin or, um, you know, someone at the title company and, and kind of, you know, do your research before you make that decision. Um, so yeah, thanks again for, for coming on the show, Justin. It's always, uh, it's always a pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. All right. We'll see you next time. Thanks.